This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Stay mage and enjoy yourself. Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, the world's number one sports and recreation podcast, Cheap Heat. There's something going on Friday. I'll tell you what's going on. What's going on is a straight-up Rosenberg solo vehicle this week to catch up on some things, to uh, discuss some news from the week that we didn't get to because the news hadn't occurred prior to Tuesday's Cheap Heat. Hopefully, a, a friend and guest is going to jump on later for a few minutes. I texted him. He said he needed some coffee but could be here soon. So we'll get to that. Um, and first and foremost, I wanted to follow up before we get into some uh, mailbag. I wanted to follow up with something from the mailbag the other day. Mail. We got that email um, about AEW. And I don't know if you remember it. But it was basically someone saying that we don't do enough on AEW um, and that um, not even that it wasn't even specifically about that. It was that with double or nothing, we didn't give it enough time. Uh, here it is. It was Hunter. And he said almost every match on this card went far beyond normal standards. Um, how can you say you've had a, enough of the a totally nice email, by the way? I'm not upset by this email. But I did think it was worth responding to. He said, how can you say you've had enough of the Blackpool Combat Club to the point where you didn't discuss the bonkers anarchy in the arena match? Um, and so on and so forth. Really nice message from Hunter. And I appreciated his observation. And after reading it, I said, I want to go back to Double or Nothing and watch the anarchy in the arena match because... He gave many examples, and I'd only watched like two or th I'd watched like no maybe three or four matches from the card. I really enjoyed the Pillars match. 
Um, I thought it was terrific. Uh, I had not watched all of uh, Jericho and Cole. I thought the women's matches were okay. The Tony Storm one I did not enjoy. Jade's first match I did. thought it was pretty good. And then, of course, she lost the title afterwards uh, with that open challenge. And that was a, a quick whatever. Um, but I hadn't watched the whole card. So I said, let me go back and watch the Anarchy in the Arena match. You know, you constantly have Dip telling us, you're just not seeing wrestling like this anywhere. You know, I'm stuck. I'm twixt in between, as they say. I have Dipperstein, who, you know, is he can be critical of AEW and say things he doesn't like for sure. But Dip is... Dip was not really a big-time indie guy in the years leading up to AEW. Like... I'm not saying he dip never went to an indie show prior to a few years ago, but I don't know that he had like a long run. I'm going to see him later tonight. I'll ask him, but I don't think dip ever had a long run of like going to ROH shows and going to much smaller indie shows. I just don't think he had, you know, that experience. Um, and so I think he's blown away by the style of wrestling he gets from AEW. I, like many of you, and and I'm sure not like many of you, did my share of indie wrestling. You know, I watched my share of indie shows live. I I did commentary on some. I managed here. I did. I was a, I was around it. I saw it. I saw crazy stuff. I saw Kenny Omega, as many of you have heard, 13 years ago or whatever it is. Um. So I think Dip is really, really wowed by stuff that I'm not as wowed by. I'm down. It's cool. But I'm not like, oh, my God. On the other side, I have SGG, who I think over the last year or so has done a pretty good job trying to be more fair and less of an AEW hater. And certainly found things that he likes here and there. But the bottom line is he doesn't watch the product. He just doesn't. He watches things that pop up on social media. I'd be curious to know the last time, and maybe I'll ask him. The curious to know the last time he sat down at 8 o'clock or 8.15 on a Wednesday and said, I'm going to watch Dynamite. I don't think he's ever sat down and said, I'm going to watch one of their pay-per-views. So I end up sort of in between Dip, who is just like in wonder, complete awe and wonderment, if that's a word, with regard to the wrestling itself in AEW. And then SGG, who will throw out a compliment here and there, but really hasn't given the product a full chance, in my opinion. And then there's me. I'm not blown away by, like, the style of wrestling. I, I think it's cool. I think some of it's really good. I think some of it's a shit show. Um, but I do generally enjoy the presentation of the product. Now, I think it is an inferior product at this time to WWE. And of course, I am a WWE guy through and through. And I have a, certainly a much more committed relationship to that product for a variety of reasons. But. I'm a semi-regular 
I'm somewhere between semi and regular, I think, when it comes to my viewership of AEW. And as I've said many times on the podcast, I truly do enjoy their pay-per-views. Because they're infrequent, I think they end up putting together must-see cards where you go, wow, I want, I want to see this combo of people in the ring together. So this email was interesting to me because it pointed out some reasonable things about the way we covered Double or Nothing. I am not going to go back here and tell you that I watched the every other match that I hadn't seen. I'm still a couple short. But I did watch the Anarchy in the Arena match. And I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, I did not enjoy that as a television viewing experience. And my view of that versus the uh, emailer is it, just different. I just I, I have a different perspective. Um, I heard, I know Kaz said on the Mass Man show, he was there that it, the Anarchy in the Arena match hit different when you were there, and that totally makes sense. Um, but for me, it was a mess. It was a mess. It was, it sort of summed up what I like and don't like about AEW. It was trying something really cool that feels different and like has, a, has an edge. And also, it was sloppy and not a smart television product. And it forced the commentary team into a really awkward job of trying to call things all over the place. Um, and I do have to give one criticism here. I know over the last few years, everyone has just fallen in love from a nostalgic standpoint with everything Shivani does. He's not good right now. I, I'm so sorry. I love Tony Shivani all time. I actually enjoy his podcast. I think he's, I haven't listened in a while, but I enjoy it. And I think he's a really uh, amusing guy with interesting stories. And of course, I love hearing his voice on old WCW stuff. He, he sounds like a caricature. The stuff that he says is just so ridiculous to me. Like, Make that commentary team Excalibur and Taz and call it a day. I don't know why they insist on doing so much more. I mean, I would use Shivani for interviews and, and stuff like that. I think there's places to use him. I just think having him call matches, you, it's, it's extraneous. You have people doing the same thing and just some people doing it worse than others. Then they add Don Callis to it, who was okay in that moment, though, he has been very interesting recently, and I think that the turn on Kenny Omega um, is pretty cool. So I'm sure it was great in person. I don't know how that person in the, in the email suggested, like, that was amazing. It was, it was interesting, and there, were, and there were parts that you went, oh, wow, you know, like a kick that explodes literally. Okay, that's interesting. But, like, as a, as a, as a match that tells a story, so... I understand there are people out there sickened by this who follow everything, and that's totally cool, and I get it. Just understand that is a much more niche product than we're getting on WWE. That's all I'll say. It's not that you're wrong. It's just very niche, and it does feel like an indie show in those moments. Now, the Pillars match didn't feel that way about it. The Pillars match was a digestible. For They had four guys, which can end up being a pain in the ass, but four guys, and it turned out pretty damn good. So it's not like I think this is like, you know, part of AEW at its core necessarily, but it is something that happens quite a bit. That said, uh, been enjoying the show. Um, gonna curious to see if MJF Adam Cole becomes anything interesting. We'll keep an eye on that. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to cover that. Um, we do have to talk Iron Sheik 
and the loss of the Iron Sheik, which we will do in a few minutes because I really think there's a lot there from a cultural standpoint and, you know, so much more. So we'll get to some Iron Sheik. But let's let's get to some mailbag. Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. That's how you reach out. Mail. Full disclosure. I was in a terrible mood before I started the podcast today. I just like my 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 brother was driving me nuts and uh the wedding's under a month, which is very exciting and I'm looking forward to it, but I also have nerves about it. Not about the marriage. Every time I say I'm I'm nervous, Natalie goes to marry me? I go, No. The wedding. I'm not nervous about marrying you at all. I'm kind of looking forward to us just settling into being married. I think it's gonna be fantastic. Um, but the wedding becomes man, man, like you know, listen, to everyone who goes, it's just a day. It's just a day, and it comes and they dress up and they have a good time and they wake up the next day and they went to a wedding. When you're the person getting married, though, there's just so much going on. You're just thinking so much about so many things, some of which will be really insignificant and some of which are significant, you know, like, or at least could be significant. How people will get along. I'm still dealing with like invite stuff from my jobs, you know. It's complicated. It adds like some legitimate, whether it's silly or not, there's some like legitimate stress that comes from it. I had my call with my therapist right before this, and yeah, I was in a rare, I was in a rare, not so great mood in in talking to my therapist. You've done this before, though. I mean, well, you're a wedding veteran. You've gotten married before, right? Don't you know what to expect? Fair point. But I think that's part of what makes me nervous. Like, I know I know how big a thing... I, I know that it is as big a deal as it, as, it, as it is hyped to be. Like, it mm. is a really big deal when you're in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's why, yeah, I'm not made less nervous because I've done it once before. Uh, in fact, like, in some ways, it makes me no- more nervous because, like, as it turns out, I didn't know this back then, this is the one that counts. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was the dress rehearsal. Um, and listen, and, and, and it wasn't. Uh, it, it was very real at the time. And it was a very big emotional day, you know. I've, I've, I've tried to figure out where to pack away that wedding in terms of my life memories. You know, when you divorce and move on and start a new great relationship, what do you do with those old memories that are no longer celebrated in your life? You know, it still makes up who you are. You can't be, you could not talk about it very much, but I don't like to be one of those people that's like, in hushed tones, you know, he was married once before. It's part of my identity. Yeah, it's part of your life. You shouldn't forget that. Should you go around talking about it all the time? No, but you should certainly think about it and ruminate on it from time to time. I think that's right. Ugly. Yeah, I think that's right. And um, I, I've tried as the – and it hasn't – as the years started, I had to try to be better about not talking about it a lot. Now it's not such an effort. It just doesn't come up very often. But in the context of, you know, you, you asked about it. Yeah, been there before. And still, I am nervous about the day, like the random mixes of of people. Yesterday, I heard from a friend of mine 
who I'd just utterly given up on going. I RSVP'd no for her because I hadn't heard back. And I, I reached out to her about something else. She's like, I'm so excited for the wedding. I was like, what? She was like, I RSVP'd. I was like, no, you RSVP'd to the save the date. So, you know, listen, I'm super duper excited. And I know once you get to the day, you start to just feel hype. Like it will just hit you in a hype kind of way. But yeah, right now, it's a lot. What's the morning of the wedding look like for you? I know it's a whole process for the women. What What is it for you going to be? Do you go play golf the morning of? Because I know that's a thing people do. What What do you do? It's a good question. Um, I certainly would not go play golf because I'd fall asleep by the time the wedding started. I mean, golf is such a long day. I guess I guess the people who like to play at like 7 a.m. I, I if if you were that kind of guy who who like like to get up and go and go hit around at 7 a.m., then you could do that. That's not how I golf. So my day will probably look like we're staying at the hotel. Um, I got a suite. I ended up getting myself, treating myself to a suite the night before. So I'll wake up the next morning. Um, I'm, I have to go get a haircut. I'll probably, I'm guessing I'll get the haircut on Saturday. Maybe I'll do it on Friday, but it's nice to get it like right before, right? Feel like as fresh as humanly possible. Uh, hang out with my brother a bit. Hopefully he'll go with me. Maybe Dipperstein will go. We'll go get a haircut or something. Hang out in the room. Then you start to get yourself together. And, you know, might have a cocktail there in the middle of the day with the people you're hanging out with. And then... uh Make your way over to the to the venue. I don't recommend hanging out with Dip on the morning of the wedding. I think his well, nervous no, energy would affect you. You think his n- nervous energy would affect me? Yeah, I mean, I imagine he's a nervous wreck for big occasions, and I feel like he could freak you out about something and, and get into your head. It's a great point by you, by the way. Um, I don't think he'll be nervous for this day. Um, I wouldn't think he would have a nervous energy. But that being said, you may be right. You can see how now here's the thing. How do you think Dip's gonna react? We had a really big argument on the uh K show this week about length of toast. Mm. Okay. What was the argument? And they were saying no toast can be good beyond two minutes. Okay. I thought that was a really harsh number. I I thought two was extremely unreasonable. But then as I started thinking about it, I realized, well, what I do feel is you should tell people to aim for two minutes. Like, I think if you tell everyone speaking, hey, guys, because we're going to have four people total. Oh, okay. Don't you think the number should be like, guys, let's keep it to two to three minutes, because then if you end up between 10 and 12 minutes of speeches, I think that's fine. Yeah. What you can't risk is telling people five or six minutes, they end up at 10 minutes and then you do 40 minutes of speeches. Yeah, for sure. I think two to three is a good number to aim for, knowing that people will probably run a little bit over. Now, the question is, how do you think dip is going to react? I think there's a chance that when I tell dip. Like, I think Dip is, with all due respect, so in love with the sound of his own voice that when I tell him, let's keep it at two to three minutes, he'll be like, don't, don't worry, I got it. 
Oh, absolutely. Like, I think he'll think, I think Dip will think he doesn't need a time limit. <laughs> yeah, probably. Because he'll be like, listen, I, Peter, I'm in Hollywood. I know about the time limits. I host a podcast. I'm a professional oh, broadcaster. No, 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 no. It's not even that. Dip, it, Dip will tell you right now that no one in the world gives a better wedding toast than he does. Oh, of course. So while I'm sure that's true, I still want it to be kept two to three minutes. <laughs> yeah, it definitely. And I, I, it didn't dawn on me. I was fighting tooth and nail on the case show, screaming at them, calling them morons. Because <laughs> I, do, I do maintain that they are, it's moronic to say, no toast can be good if it goes beyond two minutes. Yeah, I, that is can. not true. Yeah, a good toast can. can be, you can have a five minute toast. That's fantastic. Absolutely. But I did come away thinking, you know what? Let's tell people two to three minutes. Yeah. Now, away from the wedding for a moment, and before I get back to this L.A. night mail uh, that I never opened, I got to tell you, Bear is an incredible dog. Bear is almost 13 years old. And recently, I know this is like so obvious, but recently after talking to my friend who's gotten into dog training, about like bears barking and how it can be really obnoxious. He gave me like the most basic suggestion of all time. He's like, have you used a spray bottle with him? And I was like, uh, no. And he was like, yeah, when he's, you know, when you're inside and he barks and you don't want him barking a little water spray. You never, you ever tried that? I was like, no. So at this, at the new summer residence, we find that Bear barks way more than he barks here. And listeners know of his barking because you've heard it happen on the podcast many times before when someone comes to the door. So a couple of weeks ago, I got the spray bottle for like two bucks. And when he started barking at the, at the nothing things that he's apt to bark at, like Rocky whining or uh, someone approaching the door, I would give him a spray. The doorbell just rang. I mean, the phone just rang. My, my, my phone that rings when a delivery's here. That phone normally leads to insane barking. There was not a bark. I've been doing this for like less than two weeks. Did you hear, Troy, when wow. someone came to the door when, when I got up? I did. There was no barking. Not one bark. No. Like, to me... That's an amazing, I mean, he's almost 13. They literally say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Bear literally is still learning tricks. Wow. I mean, this is the epitome, you know, about the Pavlov's dog experiment, right? Yeah, it really basically is that, right? It's essentially that. Yeah. You have trained Bear when there is a, a noise to expect water to be sprayed at him. And now, here's noise, doesn't want, knows the water would be coming, doesn't bark. Brilliant. It, it, I got to tell you, that Pavlov guy, he was on to something. Oh, yeah. Mage. One of the mage theories of all time. All right. Finally, back to the mailbag. Mail. Uh, Pete, SUG and Dip. Love the show. Been a listener since day one at Grantland. I don't even watch the product that consistently anymore, but I never miss an episode of Cheap Heat. But I have to disagree with all three of you on the Ellie Knight conversation on Tuesday's show. Yeah. When we lost Billy Graham a couple of weeks ago, every eulogy talked about how Dusty stole from him how Jesse stole from him, how Hogan stole from him, 
and how all of those guys went on to become legends in their own right because for whatever they borrowed from the superstar, they connected with the crowd in a real way. Hell, Ric Flair stole Nature Boy. It's the business. L.A. Knight is borrowing pretty heavily from Stone Cold. But is he connecting with the crowd? Yeah. So let it ride. And the last thing we would want is for some babyface to point out the gimmick. That's like when Cena did the, quote, you actually rent those expensive cars thing to Alberto Del Rio. It pulls back the curtain too much, makes the heel look like a jabroni, and it doesn't help anybody. Kayfabe for life, Mike and Philly, bagels lightly toasted. Good call, man. It's a good email. It's a good email. I don't know if I exactly agree with the like influence, you know, that a Dusty took from a Billy Graham or that a Hogan did. I think that's a little bit more nuanced. You know, I think we're getting a little bit more copycatting here, but I also think you're right. We do have to be open. It is part of the business. You know, it reminds me of when Action Bronson came out. When the rapper Action Bronson first got big, there were people out there who could not hear him without hearing Ghostface. I heard the similarity, but, you know, was into him enough to be like, nah, they're really not that similar. There's just a certain voice quality. But it's it's sort of all in the eyes of the of the beholder. So I do think there's a derivative quality about LA Knight and I also think beyond it being the Austin thing he just needs like he just feels a little too old school wrestler in his look tights everything that's a good email mail hey fellas pardon the fast follow email but just finished Tuesday's pod noticed two different and very pertinent multiple meanings of dip there's one Dip, 35 to 35, the Brian Dipperstein. Two, there's dip, as in to exit suddenly or dip out like he does every podcast. (laughs) Well done. Three, dip, as in to dip bagels into schmears. Or dip as the schmear itself. Is Is there a fun new dip nickname staring us in the face? Dips like trips, but with a nod to the various dips. Dipple H, triple dip, trip dip. I kind of like dips plural. I think it's got legs, Tim. I don't hate where you're at, Tim. I don't hate where you're at. I don't, dips could work. It's a good email right there. Maybe I will start calling him dips. I don't hate dips. Um, let's go to, uh, oh, that was the same Tim who wrote us and said, uh, Hey fellas, that's what he meant by back to back mail caught the MJF and Cole segment last night. Two awesome talents who can go in the ring and on the mic and from a promo quality standpoint, delivery, et cetera, they delivered, but the substance, geez, it's like the 500th main event storyline in a row where the story is just real life digs at each other. What are they doing? He said the. TLDR version of that promo was you're a skinny guy who can't get over versus you're on steroids and no one respects you respects you mutual burial this is the main event and they're basically pointing out that they're both mid carters at heart I get that AEW carved a nice niche for itself leaning into blurring reality and storyline but when the company's really 
But when the company's reality is messy, it makes the storylines messy. Here's an alt approach that took me 30 seconds to come up with. MJF is newly single, publicly. For a week, someone is sending Britt Baker flowers, writing letters, whatever. Maybe she thinks it's Adam. Maybe she thinks it's a secret admirer. It's revealed to me, Max. She's grossed out at first, but he's a champion. Cole is floundering. Her interest is peaking. Is he losing her? Etc. Etc. Let MJF and his acting chop shine. Get a little edgy, but in kayfabe. What are your teas? I love it. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. That sweet, sweet coffee-sipping sound can only be that of one of the great champions in WWE history, Montel Vontavious Porter, MVP. Hey, MVP. Oh, what a magnificent introduction. Thank you, Pete. You deserve it. How about, how about you, want me to, you, you want me to say future first ballot Hall of Famer? Uh, yeah, that, that, I think that's fair. <clears throat> My question is, though, do I go in twice? Do I go in once as a wrestler and then again as a manager? Oh, that's, you know what? Two rings would be nice. Why not? I mean, Booker T got two. Ric Flair got, what, three or four? <laughs> Rick goes in every year. <laughs> mm. And I love this idea because if you get inducted twice, I think between two times, I might have a shot at doing one of those inductions. I think I got a shot. Do you think? What? I should be in the conversation. You got to think about people you know, uh, people who are associated with the business, and people who can talk and put you over. I think I check off every single box. Paul Heyman inducts me. Uh, you know what? If you want to go, okay. Let's suppose. What about what if Heyman's unavailable? He's um, Brock is. You and Brock are inducted the same night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then, then Matt Hardy. Okay, Matt Hardy has a gig in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you think about it. You know what? You you marinate on that. We'll, um, we'll, we'll talk about it. 
Yeah, all right, well, all right, we'll get there. Um, so I wanted to have you on because uh, you and you and I have talked many times. You've told me many a funny story about the late great Iron Sheik. He passed away this week at eighty years old, and I thought, who better to talk to and ask about sort of your your personal impressions and interactions, um, both impressions figuratively and literally, uh, of of the great <laughs> Iron Sheik. When did you first meet uh, Sheiky Baby? The very first time I met the Iron Sheik was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, um, at a TV taping. And <clears throat> I recall earlier that day asking Teddy Long um, about Sheiky Baby because uh, I wanted to smoke with him. <laughs> and uh, he said, yeah, no, nah, he's cool, man. Go, go holler at him. I said, all right. And, uh, you know, I had some, some sticky icky that I wanted to share with the legend, the medicine. And uh, <laughs> I saw him and I walked up and I said, Shiki baby, I have some medicine for you. He said, God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. You have medicine for the Shiki baby? And <laughs> I gave it to him. I didn't get to smoke with him that day, but I gave it to him. And just was, as a gift. Yeah, just yeah, just because hey man, you pay homage to the legend, you know, you 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 pay tribute. And later on I ran into Teddy. And Teddy said that when he, he said he saw Shiki, and he said, Hey Sheik, MVP was looking for you, he had a little song for you. And legendarily, forevermore, I will be known as the gimmick man because Shiki said to uh to Teddy Long, <laughs> gimmick man, yeah, I talked to him, he had present for me. And every time I saw Iron Sheik after that, if I didn't have any, I would find some just to pay pay tribute to to the to the legend. To give 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 Sheiky Baby his medicine. <laughs> and we became pals. I mean, you know, every time we saw one once I even had him do my uh, my voicemail for me. And you that did? was funny. Yeah, you called me up and Sheiky Baby was uh was my voicemail message. And the number of people that thought they got the wrong number or were confused because he never called me MVP. Never. It was always PVM, MPV. <laughs> <laughs> he never got MVP down. It's tough. It's tough. Those, yeah, those it's three difficult. letters are tough. <laughs> so, um, okay, let me, since we're talking about the modern day Iron Sheik, let me ask you, how much, how much of what Sheik said and did how much was shtick and how much was chic? To be honest, man, in, in, in his later years, it's hard to tell where the line blurred. <laughs> because I, I, I don't think that it was shtick at all anymore. You know, we know how when people get older in their later years, they just don't care anymore. And you, you accept them as they are because they don't care. So I, I don't think it was stick anymore. I think it was just that, that that's who she was at that point. And it's pretty cool because, you know, talking to Teddy Long and, and some other OGs that knew him back in the day, he was always, he always came as advertised. Like you always got that dude and you knew what you were going to get when, when Okan showed up on the scene. Yeah, I read an article. Uh, Shoemaker wrote an article this week for The Ringer about Shiki, and uh, I learned more about his start. Um, I didn't realize that out of the gate, they tried to make him a babyface 
you know, just resting on the fact that he was this uh, wrestling coach for the U.S. Olympic team and that he had been this wrestling hero and now he worked for the U.S. team and then it wasn't working. So Shiki Baby, you know, he went where the money was and that was playing sort of that old school foreign menace heel. Um, but as a as a great as one of the great bad guys yourself, uh, where do you where do you sort of rank Sheik in terms of the all time classic WWE bad guys? Well, it's funny you you, you mentioned that because in in honor of Sheiky Baby, I went down the YouTube rabbit hole <clears throat> and I was watching some of his old old stuff when he was Khazro Ali or when he still had hair. And he was like, I'd say maybe 215 pounds, 220, shredded. I mean, like striated. And he was, he was, he was a baby face in that particular match. And mm-hmm. the crowd was popping for him because of his athleticism. He was doing cartwheels and suplexes. And, and, you know, watching wrestling from that time and watching him wrestle that way at that time, you know, it just kind of made me smile and remember why I used to think wrestling was real because he was real. Um, it was kind of funny. He, a lot like, uh, the Bushwhackers, you know, in their earlier days, they were like scary dudes, dangerous people, but the most money they ever made was being, you know, all caricatures of, 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 of bad guys or whatever the case may be. And when you ask me about the all time great heels, you know, I, I was born in 73. So I remember... Mm the Iran hostage crisis and, and the Ayatollah Khomeini and, and, you know, that, that was a part of my childhood. So when, you know, Iron Sheik came on the scene and, and, and lost to Hulk Hogan and later on was, was teaming up with Nikolai Volkov, you know, uh, don't say you're saying, and I'm number one, you're saying, you know, this is iconic. This is legendary. We've never forgotten this. So in, in the pantheon of all-time great WWF, WWE bad guys, I mean, he's got to be right up there at the top. You know, it's, a, it's subjective, but certainly for me, if you ask me, he is the most memorable all-time WWF bad guy. Wow. High praise. Uh, now let's hear, let's hear one of my all-time favorite moments. Hopefully this will work. Um, I love when Sheik, when he first found fame in the early 2000s because of his uh, controversial stance on B. Brian Blair and Hulk Hogan, <laughs> and and he started going on Stern. And I'm sure you've watched the clips of how Stern would have the fake I Macho have Man. Seen every single <laughs> YouTube video that features Iron Sheik, and I mean that legitimately. Let's see if this one works. This is a uh, quote Macho Man calling. Hold on. Man, Randy Savage is on the phone. The macho, macho, let him talk. You jabroni, yeah. The reason why your wife don't f*** you is because she wants a real man, like the macho man, Randy Savage. F*** you and f*** your wife. I have a tenant. I jump with your Dude, that same episode, you know, they were just messing with him, getting a rise out of him. The one with Artie Lang coming on as the real Iron Sheik. That one was even better. Oh, let me see if that pops up. Hold, is that up oh, there? Man, be, yeah, that's even better if you can find Iron oh, Sheik, you are Artie the Lang. Man, come show me. I am the man with the tinnitus. Oh, here we go. Here, here we go. Hold on. Trouble. Yes, sir. You will never talk to him again. 
Awal asaim kapevich segodem vaid minde Pennsylvania for the show. Let me do something right now. This is going to blow your mind because I know there's a couple of people you want to tell off, and I've arranged for it today on camera right now. And I think you could see it over there on that screen. Uh, Ultimate Warrior is on there right now. Oh, that's an Ultimate Warrior. That's oh, this guy. Oh, this guy I found. This is that? a wrestler. He was just signed to the WWE. He calls himself Iron Sheik Jr. And uh, Sheik's, on, fa Sheik's face when he sees this Iron <laughs> Sheik Jr., the anger in his face. <laughs> I, I, I lost the microphone, Steve. Hold on. You got Hello? Hello? Right, Iron Sheik Jr. Oh, there he is. Iron Sheik Jr. You lose the microphone, Stern. And it's great because Artie Lane's got the that, that terrible beard on. And oh, it's, 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 it's so clearly fake. I mean, it's like the he dollar it's like, store costume. Right. It's a dollar store costume to give good good imagery there. Here you go for two yeah. million dollars yeah. and he's calling himself iron sheik yes. no i don't call myself iron sheik jr i call myself the real iron sheik because that jabroni you have sitting right there in your <laughs> studio is a f no good f piece of mother f jabroni piece of f this and guy. if i ever see him i'm going to f kill him you cheap Son of that bitch! <laughs> I'm the real Iron Sheik! I'm the real Iron Sheik! You are f***ed! But if you are the not f***ed, you are f***ed! Absolute chaos. Absolute chaos. It's just complete. And I'm sorry, because all anyone just heard was bleeps, but still, you can go oh, find no, it on sorry, YouTube. It's bleeped out. Yeah, we had to beep that for people. Well, that's, that's understandable. Little, that's understandable. Yeah, that's a little too much for the ringer, I think. Oh, man, Sheiky was such a such a cool guy. And he always seemed to, whatever the line was of shtick or not, like we did that roast for him years ago. Actually, I'm going to forward you the video. I found a little portion of your speech, and and he puts you over so big, and the, and the crowd starts cheering. I'll send it to you. That night is, is you know, I, I've had so many amazing nights in my career, and, I, and I've had the pleasure of, of calling, you know, some of my wrestling heroes growing up friends and and. Me and Sheiky Baby got to be really, really cool. And anytime I saw him, we would both light up. He was always so cool with me. But that night at the roast, I mean, uh, you and Anz wrote my material. And it was some, <laughs> it was some real barbs in there. But there were. There was real Yeah, no, you guys went in, you know. <clears throat> but at the end, after everybody finished their, their set, Sheiky got up and called everybody, dumb son of a bitch. He just went off on everybody. But when I finished mine, and I told the uh, gimmick man story with Johnny Ace, <laughs> big pop from the crowd, and Sheiky got up and sang my praises. I'm the only person he didn't curse out that night. <laughs> and he said, I remember, you know, he said, you know, something along the lines of MPV is the real A to Z gimmick man like me. I respect him. And I, I, I said, I, dude, I went in life. I she put me over. He calls everybody a dumb son of a jabroni. <laughs> MPV is the real A to the Z like him. <laughs> By the way, I don't know why I haven't been calling you MPV for the longest time. <laughs> That's a big mistake on my part. All right, M MPV, uh, I love you, bud. I'll see you. I'll see you in less than a month at the wedding. Yes, I will see you there, man. Uh, thank you for making time, buddy. I'll call you soon. You got it, man. Be well. There he is, the great MVP. So glad we got to do that and uh, pay homage to the great Shiki baby. I'm sorry uh, in advance, Troy, for the uh, 
amount of work that you had to do um, to edit that and make it remotely audible because there was quite a few uh, inappropriate words, not from MVP, but from the shiki baby. Um, guys, let me get to like one more. Troy, what do you think? We'll get to one more email or two and then put a bow on this thing for the week. Yeah, we got time for that. All right. Let's uh, I'm going to get to an email here. Uh, Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com, by the way. I did like that idea. That last email with with uh, MJF going after Britt Baker, that's fun. Uh, ben wrote us. Mail. He said, hey, forever 24-7, I thought forest fires in Oregon. I fought forest fires in Oregon for 15 years. Smoke is not good for you. Most of us felt sick for weeks after every fire season. A lot of sinus infections, etc. The worst times will be at night and early morning because of a weather phenomenon called inversion. It's the same reason there's a visible fog in the morning. Smoke should lift off midday if it's hot out like fog breaking. You need a few hot and windy days or a cold front that brings in high wind. Stay inside. Maybe bust out an N95 if you have to go out. Leave the dogs inside. Good luck out there. Benjamin, thank you, dude. It's been wacky, and as you can hear, sorry, I have been, and as Troy can see, I'm wiping my nose. Like I, I, it, The day the smoke came in, I got hit with it. It's been sneezing and uh, sore throat for a day or two, um, et cetera. So thank you for that. It looks like it's clearing. It's a little worse now in the south. Uh, down in Maryland, it was bad yesterday, but not too bad here in the tri-state. Mail. Uh, Matt Klein says, LA Knight, I like this analogy. He's a pro wrestling cover band. Keep up the great work, gentlemen. Matt, Minnesota. I mean, I, I, that may be strong, but there are really good cover bands out there too. And and by the way, guess what happens? Sometimes cover bands are awesome, and then they turn into a real band themselves and make it. You know? Like they may start off get using nothing but influence from other places, and then all of a sudden they turn into their own thing. Um. All right. One from Jose, a regular, our friend Jose Polanco. Mail. Big AEW fan wanted to speak on the email you got about double or nothing. At first, I was upset with you guys because you rarely speak on AEW, but then I changed my mind. I understand there's so much wrestling that it's hard to give equal time to every show. Mass Man Show gives a lot of time on AEW, but doesn't cover NXT as much or might breeze through some of the shows. It's clear Peter and SGG don't watch AEW much, so I would rather not hear SGG's biased takes when he doesn't follow the show. He made a comment about the women's title match at Double or Nothing. If he followed AEW, he would have known that Jamie Hayter was injured and they had to get the title off of her. Uh, I enjoy that every day on The Ringer. Each show has their own style. I don't think watching one Dynamite will give you a clear picture because there are a lot of wrestlers. So if you don't watch, you can get lost. They also don't spend half the show with video packages to explain every single story. P.S. I finally got my egg everything bagel from AM City in Derby, Connecticut, and it was mage. Pork roll, egg and cheese on that amazing bagel. Now I'm hooked. Pork roll? A pork roll, egg and cheese? I mean, that's... Listen, it's nice that you tasted the everything, the egg everything, but if you made it a pork, egg, and cheese, it's not a bagel. It's an egg and cheese. Either way, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Congrats on the wedding, Pete. Thanks, Jose. Um, Eddie sent us an email about the bloodline. Mail. I hadn't considered an Uso versus Uso match for Money in the Bank until you brought it up on this week's episode, but I began fantasy booking on the dog walk later that day. Imagine a match is set up where it's Jimmy versus Jay, uh, for money in the bank. Jay has Solo, Heyman, and Roman in his corner. The introductions for title matches always work a little different. 
and that both wrestlers are in the ring while the announcer announces them. And for many matches of Heyman wrestlers, Heyman will take the mic and do the intro. I would book an intro like this, even though it's a non-title match. It's Jimmy on one side of the ring with the trio of Roman, Jay, and Solo on the other. The ring announcer makes the announcement for Jimmy and then gets cut off while announcing Jay. Heyman takes the mic to do his grand announcement intro for Jay when suddenly Jimmy super kicks Heyman. Jay looks shocked. Solo and Roman both flank Jay as they're all about to attack Jimmy before the bell rings. But instead, Jimmy super kicks Solo and Jay super kicks Roman. The Usos reunite and beat the absolute hell out of Roman and Solo. The match never actually happens as the Usos had been working together all along. SummerSlam gives us Roman and Solo versus Jimmy and Jay. I think the Usos should be one of the rare teams that never breaks up. They've been through it. They can have single runs, but they don't need a complete collapse to do so. Treat it like the New Day when Kofi and Big E had their runs. Anyways, keep it up. I look forward to the shows every week. Best, Eddie. Eddie, that's a great setup. I dig it. I'm not mad at that. Last one. This is interesting. John writes us. Mail. Remember to send your emails, RosenbergBeats at gmail.com, or jump in the Discord, of course. Thanks for hanging out on a Friday, by the way, guys. I love getting these... Uh, after the Friday shows, getting the emails over the weekend coming in, even if I don't get back to everyone, I always see them and I do appreciate it. Um, John says, hi, Chief Peter, Statgoy Greg, and Dip Sabian. Wow, strong. Big fan of all three of you guys. I will try to get right to the point here. After the email read earlier in the week regarding your lack of AEW coverage post-pay-per-view, it's inarguable. You guys often don't devote as much time to AEW as you do to WWE. This is fine due to the Monday through Friday output of the Ringer Wrestling crew. It will definitely get covered at some point on some show. My issue lies with SGG's need to defend WWE in the face of that criticism. And then it looked like he was about to say more, and it got cut off. I'm sorry, John. That's unfortunate. I wanted to hear, because the, the, the subject line was interesting. The subject was WWE fans conservative all and all else progressive. And then he's about to get into more points after saying the SUG piece, and it's gone. John, write us again, because your email cut off right after that. It looks like you're mid-sentence. Uh, Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. Shout out to producer Troy the Goy. Um, we'll do it again on Tuesday. I am seeing uh, Dipperstein tonight, hanging this weekend. He's actually come with me tomorrow to visit my friends over at Proper Cloth. If you haven't been to Proper Cloth and you're looking to get a custom shirt or suit, they made my tux for the wedding, and it's tremendous. Tremendous. So head over to Proper Cloth if you're looking for that. So Dip's coming with me tomorrow, actually, to Proper Cloth to do one last fitting and see how everything looks. I don't know if it's the last one, but hopefully. Anyways, everyone, be safe. If you're in an area affected by the smoke, please, please be careful. Stay mage, enjoy yourselves, and uh, take it easy. Greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Mage. <laughs>